This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sports book, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOFD, you'll be all set when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams in all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOFD. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 or older and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio. one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. At Lowe's, we're your go-to for great gardening values every day. That's why we've lowered our price on select bagged mulch. Now starting at just $2.88 a bag. Mulch helps prevent weeds and retains moisture. And when you put it down around trees, shrubs, and flower beds, you'll see how beautiful it makes your outdoor space. Just in time to welcome back family and friends. Shop online and pick up in store. Lowe's, home to the best part of summer. Selection and product availability vary by location. While supplies last, U.S. only excludes Alaska and Hawaii. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. A topic near and dear to my heart, offensive tackle arm length tonight. And we brought in an expert who works for Mile High Report, Joe Mahoney. Joe, how you doing, buddy? 
I'm doing all right. How are you this evening, Ken? I've got no complaints. Joe, uh, just to inform me, a PhD in, tell me again now? Organic chemistry. Organic chemistry. I think we might, our other PhD might be in molecular biology, organic chemistry. Not sure. Apologize for that, Gabe. But uh, Joe has done some excellent work. And I tell you what I really loved about it when I saw it is it's exhaustive in nature. This is a, this is a specific topic that lends itself well poorly to anal- to anecdotal <laughs> analysis. So there is always somebody who can come up with, well, what about Marshall Yonda? He had short arms. Or what about DJ Fluker? And he sucked and he had long arms. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's fraught with that sort of peril. So rather than give away the whole story, I'd like you to go through your information here, Joe. You did some wonderful work on all the draftees since 2010 or 2011. Uh, I think it was going back to 2011 because I think it was the last 10 drafts and that always trips people up because they're like, wait a second, that 2011 to 2020, that's only nine. I was like, no, that's 10. <laughs> um, but uh, somebody somebody got me on that earlier because I was talking about, you know, the uh, every draftee this century and I was, this was with a quarterback analysis and I went back to 2000 and they're like, mm-hmm. technically 2000 was last century. I was like, dang it, you're right. <laughs> um, so, um, but yeah, I looked at uh, every guy that uh, that Pro Football Reference, which is now their stat heads, where they spun off their uh, their analytical side. But um, every guy listed as an offensive tackle uh, that Pro Football Reference has at draft time. That's important. Yeah, at draft time, um, going back to 2011, and uh, and then I, I plotted those all out. And so there was 181 individual players. Uh, and then I looked at four um, analytical things about them. So I looked at their arm length. So I dug that up for all of these 181 guys. Uh, and then, you know, I, I looked at four stats that would evaluate how well they have played in the NFL so far. So game started. Okay. Uh, um, that's that's a, a great place to start. Now, now this year's crop in particular, a bunch of T-Rexes, a lot of short-armed offensive tackles. But let's, let's weave that back into what you found among your 181 guys. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, so game started. Uh, uh, first team Pro Bowl selections, uh, first team All-Pro selections. Uh, and then a little bit of um, PFF in terms of their uh, their individual grades, which are available that are for free, not behind the paywall. Anybody can find these. Um, so if you want to look at, for example, DJ Fluker, uh, who's spent most of his career at guard, um, but, uh, you know, what PFF has thought about his different years in the league and, and how he's performed. So, you know, you can see that here's a guy who's the 11th overall pick. And uh, even at guard, uh, you know, he was at, uh, his, his lowest – out of 100 score was a 56 and his highest was a 72 uh you know and and you know 72 is is about average it's kind of getting up there because uh, there are many years where pff will give the best tackle in the league a, a low 90s or a low to mid 90s score um but uh you know what i found was that uh by and large if you have arms below let's say and, and 33 was a cutoff that brandon thorne actually mentioned to me um if you're if you have a tackle that has arms that are shorter than 33 or even 33 um they're not going to play tackle in the nfl mm-hmm. uh so with with two two with very few exceptions now i mean there there are three notable guys on here at least that i'll bring up quickly uh justin Pugh. Uh, who has 32-inch arms, um, was the 19th pick overall in 2013 by the Giants. Uh, he played the first two years of his career uh, as, a, as a 
an above average tackle, a right tackle for the Giants. Um, Tyson Brylo is a Broncos fan. Uh, he was a second rounder, 59th overall pick. Um, has never really been uh, effective as a tackle in the NFL. He's kind of the swing tackle now for the Titans. Um, but uh, he has 33-inch arms, so, you know, another T-Rex kind of guy at 6'6 with, with shorter arms. And then uh, the Falcons used uh, uh, 31st pick in the draft in 2019 on Caleb McGarry, and uh, he's been one of the below average offensive tackle for them for the past two seasons so yeah I, I think I think very short arms there despite a enormous frame somewhere between six six or a little bit more and has had a lot of troubles trouble plus bucking in the NFL yeah. um, but it's you when, know and the other side of it doesn't doesn't necessarily work though you can't say oh well just because they've got long arms they're going to be a great tackle because no, there are plenty of guys if you if you scroll up to the top of that spreadsheet I send you uh, that uh, you know either failed as tackles in the in the NFL with arms that are 35 inches or longer, um, or in the cases of guys like Fluker and Kaleche Simile, um, who was drafted by the Ravens back in 2012. Uh, you know he was drafted as a tackle and he spent the vast majority of his career as a guard. In fact, he made All Pro. Uh, not excuse me, not all pro. Made made the first team Pro Bowl uh, as a guard for the Raiders. Uh, I think two consecutive seasons. Uh, so you know very effective guard. Um, but, uh, you know, never really made it as a tackle in the NFL. Donald Penn was another name that comes up is at 33 exactly, uh, who did have a, I think it was a pro football weekly all-pro in 2016. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, obviously he's really an outlier in and of himself. He's, he's probably the best long-term tackle who has the shortest arm. He's definitely on that efficient Jason, frontier. He and Jason Peters. Um, and ironically, both are undrafted free agents. And you look at why were they undrafted? <laughs> Mostly because they had shorter arms and guys they were overlooked. They're okay. These these guys, even though they fit the the height and the weight profile, they had short arms. They were coming from I guess lesser schools and they got overlooked. Um, but yeah, if you if you go to the the first sheet in that spreadsheet, I've actually got the listing of um, every guy who's made uh, either the uh, first team Pro Bowl or first team All Pro uh, in tackle going back or at tackle going back to I think 2015. Uh, and then with an arm length uh, listing. So you've got like uh, Alejandro Villanueva. Uh, he, his, his arms are almost 38 inches long. That's just crazy. But he's, what, 6'9"? Uh, so it's actually, for a guy his size, he, his arms are not proportionally odd. So you look at the, the arm length and the reach of some of these guys in the NBA, uh, you know, particularly some of these guys with like extremely long arms, and 38 inches is not unheard of. Um, but, you know, he's he's got more of an NBA frame. Uh, and then you go all the way down to the bottom here with Mitchell Schwartz at 33 and a half, uh, Joe Staley at 33 and a half, and Donald Penn at 33. Um, so 33 and a half really seems to be the bottom end of the plausible spectrum for uh, the, mo- the moderate risk spectrum, let's call it, of where you'd want to draft highly a tackle prospect. Yeah, I mean, I mean if, if you want him to play the tackle. If, if you're looking for a guy, if you're spending a first-round pick, you're hoping this guy has Pro Bowl you know, capabilities, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, when the Broncos used the 25th or whatever overall pick on Garrett Bowles, they were hoping he would make the Pro Bowl. He, you know, he'd be a perennial Pro Bowler. And he did make the Pro Bowl last season. Um, but, you know, there were a lot of years when, uh, and I'm one of them, when you know, the, those in, in Bronco country were, were calling for him to be benched because his technique is terrible. Um, he's kind of the anti-Mitchell Swartz, or at least was up until uh, this past season. You know, Mitchell Swartz is a guy who's got shorter arms and 
his physical characteristics are uh, moderate, uh, but uh, I'm. But uh, you know he he gets it done because of technique and and he's similar in a lot of ways to a guy that I think the Ravens are looking at Liam Eikenberg, uh, who you and I have spent some time watching because we watch the Irish, um, and uh, and so you know I mean can Eikenberg be that guy that that unicorn who you know is has short arms and does what Donald Penn uh and you know potentially a guy like jason peters have done uh and my wife's over here making you know like t-rex motions um but, uh, <laughs> that's great if you have a wife who understands offensive line play we've got that relationship yeah. in our house all right let me just talk a little bit here about uh unicorn play and whatnot because there have been a number of uh tackles drafted under 33 and a half inches they just don't end up staying there and so when we talk about the guys who who were under 33 and a half inch inches but but went to another position and were okay what does that group look like let's go let's kind of roll through those all right so we've got uh we talked about assembly a little bit mm-hmm. um but assembly is very long armed yeah talking, he's, thir- he's, the, he's 36 uh so some right. of the shorter arm guys 30, 33 and less than 33 and a half if we establish um, that as kind of the the Mendoza line, I'm and, trying to remember. I'm going back to another um, uh, Irish player, uh, Zach Martin. I want to say mm-hmm. he played some tackle um, when he was was playing at Notre Dame, uh, and then as soon as he got in the NFL, they moved him to guard. And is one of the best guards ever. There you go. Um, we t- you talked a little bit earlier about Marshall Yanda uh, having to play at tackle out of necessity mm-hmm. uh, one season. Um, I know David DeCastro, who's one of the shorter arm guards on this list of pro bowler and all pro or all pros. I'm pretty certain he was a guard at Stanford and never really played tackle. So the point is, there's a lot of guys who play tackle in the in college because they're the best linemen on the team, and the team needs them more, or, or, or they have a, a better replacement available, let's put it that way, on the interior offensive line than they do a tackle. So they ask a somewhat shorter arm player to play uh, on the outside. And I think if you look at a lot of these players, uh, most people understand that they're going to they're going to not be tackles in the NFL because it's just that's just the nature of the way the river flows is you you flow from outside to inside. One thing I've been concerned about, I want to pivot a little bit to the Ravens here, is that um, they've done a very good job of drafting for length, period. If you look over the 2011 to 2020 period and you sort the spreadsheet based on Baltimore draftees only, I noticed that they'd really drafted for length um, uh, during that period. Maybe take us through the names. Um, okay, well, let me, I gotta actually have to pull up the guys that the uh, the Ravens have drafted because I haven't sorted it for, but I can I can do that right now quickly. Um, I was just looking at some of the other guys who were uh, who were drafted as tackles but have spent their careers as guards. Just scrolling mm-hmm. down through the list, um, uh, you know, and and some of these shorter arm guys like Brandon Scherf, uh, who's you know an elite guard, um, mm-hmm. who's drafted as a tackle. Um, let's see who were some of these other names that popped up when I was scrolling through really quickly. Um, God dang it, there was another guy that, uh, uh, yeah, I lost it because I'm, I'm, well, Ryan Jensen was originally a tackle. Jensen ended up as a center. Um, Yeah, he was a center, yeah. Yeah, so, all right, let's, uh, uh, dang it, sort range, column. (laughs) This is what happens when you try and go from Excel to uh, Google Sheets. Sometimes it's a... It can be confusing. All right, so I'm looking for column. Uh, let's see, that's column. 
called G, it looks like, from is this. That, is it G? Is that where the team is? Yeah. All right. And, uh, all right. Oh, nope, I think it's I in mine. I think I've got a hidden column. Okay. All right. And that's the other problem is I've, I've shrunk it down. So that's okay. I, I mean, I, I'll start going down the list, and, and when you've got it, you, you can tell me. So Coluccio Assembly was the, actually the longest arm raven uh, drafted during this period at 35 and 7 eighths. You go down a little further, you get to Tyree Phillips at 35 and an eighth. I don't think there was really a question that Tyree Phillips was going to end. Phillips was going to end up a tackle for the Ravens. They they started him in guard on day one, uh, thinking you know there's a guy who has a lock on ability to pivot at right guard that they could really use. Uh, but out of necessity, they moved him back to tackle last year with uh, less than good results. Frankly, uh, didn't didn't play that well. But future is very much up in the air. Orlando Brown, 35 inches, uh, is next. Are you, do you have it up in front of you now? Yeah, yep, yeah, I've got him. Um, so, and um, you know, Ronnie Stanley, obviously, at, at 35 and 5 eighths, but he, you know, has been, was drafted to play left tackle and pretty much will always play left tackle. Um, Greg Sinat, I think, is next on the list. Yeah, Greg Sinat, uh, 34 and 7 eighths. Uh, doesn't look like he's really played much, though. Um, no, unfortunate situation. Small school pick for DaCosta, great feet, basketball build, but uh, never really was able to hang with the team. They released him, and he was immediately snapped up because he's part of that very limited size and shape pool that can play left tackle in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. So kind of a guy like, um, uh, what's the guy that played at VCU, um, who's now a tight end for the Colts? Um uh, crap, uh, his name is escaping me now. Not but, Doyle. Uh, he didn't, he didn't no, um, he's got a hyphenated name. Uh, huh. Because uh, he's he's like six seven, two sixty, and he's 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 out of that same Antonio Gates kind of mold where he was a basketball player, didn't play football at all mm -hmm. in college because VCU doesn't have a football team. Um, at any rate, uh, you know, he was one of those guys that they said, you know what, you could probably make it in the NFL with your skill set, and it's turned into a pretty good uh, tight end for the Colts. Um, all right, so we've got uh, Ja Reed um, in uh, 2011, uh, 34 and 3 eighths. Uh, and I think, from what I remember, he was pretty good. I think he ended when up he went with to the Chiefs. He was good. Yeah, he was with the Chiefs. I was going to say with the Saints because I was trying to remember. I know at one point they had a guy at guard, or that may have been at the end of his career. Um, although he only lasted five years in the league, I thought he was around longer than that. Um, okay, we got Alex Lewis at 34 inches uh, from 2016. Appears to still be in the league and. Looks to be uh, Alex Lewis is with the Jets, I think now. So if that, I don't know if that's who you just said. I, you kind of your sound went out for a second. Rick Wagner is still in the league, yeah, and uh, and he's in that 34 inch category. Yeah, um, I'm trying to I'm um, trying to see who is there. They had, was one player on the list I thought that they drafted who was a slightly under 34 inch that they still had around. And I'm trying to remember who that was. I'm only Let's, showing, you know, you've mentioned everybody I'm showing. I got Assemble, Stanley, Phillips, uh, Brown Jr., Sanat, Reed, Lewis, Wagner, and Jensen. Okay. Um, and, so, and so Jensen is really an outlier that they never intended to play, obviously, a tackle in the NFL. Yeah, 30, 32 and a half. Um, you know, it's, again, it's, it's like anybody that drafts Eichenberg. Um, you know, un unless you're really stretching and, 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 you know, crossing your fingers and hoping he can make it, uh, with arms that short, it just, you know, what it comes down to is that you, you end up lacking the leverage because a lot of these edge players have these really long arms and, uh, 
you know, they can get their hand into your chest and get separation. And even if you get your hand into their chest, uh, your arms aren't long enough to get the leverage you need. Um, and he's he's like the best of this breed. I mean, he's the, absolutely the best. I, I did not even move him off my tackle list because I like his game. I mean, he's, he's, he's good about adjusting very quickly on the fly to what's going wrong. He actually does not give a lot of ground. Uh, people don't try and really bull rush him. They, you know, I was watching a Clemson, Clemson game and, uh, you know, there was a cross chop or two. The, the, the times he got beat was Miles Murphy beating him mostly to the inside. So it was outside, too, but mostly to the inside where he made the first contact on one shoulder and, and Eichenberg that was then off off kilter. Yeah, but I mean, if you look at the if, if you sort, you know, go to that uh, yeah. uh, the third tab there with the OT prospects for this year, uh, if you sort them by arm length, Eichenberg's got the second shortest and only Brady Christensen at 32 and a quarter is, is shorter. And everybody uh, has made him a center already. Yeah, yeah, and it, it, you know, there, nobody's even talking about him a tackle. Um, but you know, one of the nice things, and, and this data on this tab was pulled from Mock Draftable. Um, one of the nice things that they show is they show percentiles uh, for mm-hmm. where that particular stat ranks uh, relative to everybody in their data set. And Eichenberg is is crazy. Uh, he, he introducing the Lowe's List for innovation. While our aisles are filled with innovative products, we've selected our favorites just for you. Like the exclusive Whirlpool washer with industry-first two-in-one removable agitator. We love this washer because you can customize any load. And with other smart features to streamline your laundry routine, this product is a must-have for families. Shop the full Lowe's list of top picks at Lowe's.com. Lowe's, home to any budget, home to any possibility. U.S. only. His, his arm length is in the fifth percentile for all offensive tackles in their in their entire time frame, and his uh, his wingspan, which is also on this tab, is in the seventh percentile. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, of the guys on this list, there are actually four guys who have both their arm length and their wingspan below the twentieth percentile. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Rashawn Slater. Uh, is another guy who, you know, he's, he's a lot of people have him as the second best tackle in this draft, mm-hmm. uh, but he's 33 inch arms, right. uh, 80 I, I, and I, an eighth inch wingspan, which, you know, I, you know, and I, I, I just watched a bunch of, 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 of tape on him. Um, and, you know, I mean, he looked, he made Chase Young, who was what the third overall pick last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he stymied him, just completely shut him down in 2019 uh, when Ohio State was playing Northwestern. And, you know, to, to be able to do that to a guy who was a top five edge pick in the NFL and who was, what, defensive rookie of the year, I think, this past season, uh, that's pretty impressive. He, you know, arm length be damned. Uh, so, you know, you, you may have a guy like, like Slater or Sewell who becomes the next Jason Peters. You know, and, and I think, what, Jason Peters is, I think, 33 and a quarter. Uh, or 33 and an eighth. So he's another one of those quote unquote short arm guys um, who has everything else, the technique, the quick feet, the quick hands, the strong hands, um, the ability to reset his hands and to readjust the balance, uh, the drive, the intelligence, all of those other things that you need uh, that allow you to get by with short arms. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, the question for anybody who's thinking about using a, a, a late first round or a second round pick on Eichenberg uh, is, do you think he has all those other things? Or for that matter, anybody who's thinking about using a top 10 pick 
on Sewell or Slater. Right. Um, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm I, I'm personally not concerned that Sewell's going to not fit at tackle. I think he'll they'll make it fit at tackle until it absolutely won't. In the case of Slater, I think he is a little bit of a tweener, and and I think he represents a gamble if you need a tackle but you can live with a guard. Um, you know, maybe. But I, I, you know, a team that really needs a tackle, I don't know. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not convinced. And, and, and for that reason, a team that needs a tackle and doesn't really need a guard, I definitely would not take Liam Eikenberg. Yeah, there was some uh, really interesting analysis that uh, one of uh, my co-writers, uh, co-workers, whatever, at Ed Maha Report um, pointed out to me uh, that dropped this morning on Twitter uh, from uh, Jack Duffin, uh, who looked at um, where the top players at every position come from in the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of his, the things that he pointed out is that if you want an elite tackle, so top 25% of all performers at tackle, mm-hmm. you have to get him in the first round. Mm-hmm. But if you want to find an elite guard based upon the entirety of his data set, you can find elite guards after the first round. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you can get them day two. You can even get them day three. Um and so, you know, it's one of those things where if you're projecting a guy to be an elite tackle, it makes sense to use a premium first-round pick on him, a top 16 pick. Mm-hmm. But if you're thinking that he's going to be an offensive guard, then you're better off, at least statistically, going after some other position uh, and looking for a guard later on in the draft uh, as opposed to, you know, let's say using the like the Broncos at the number nine overall pick, if they use that pick on Slater uh, and and George Payton thinks that he's basically going to be a guard in the NFL, then you're kind of doing what the Colts did with Quentin Nelson. Mm-hmm. Quentin Nelson is an all-pro offensive guard. He, he, he could end up in the Hall of Fame. He is that good and has been that good since Notre Dame. But the question becomes, what else are you giving up by drafting, you know, a guard that high, um, as opposed to drafting another guard who maybe isn't as good. But what's the drop off when you go down That's, to let's say the second, third, or fourth guard in that rated guard in that draft that you could get on day two or day that's, three? That, that's exactly it. And you, you mentioned some stuff about your college career, but this really is true with the pro game. The replacement level drop off at tackle is a cliff. The replacement level drop off on the inside is usually much less. Now, Ravens fans who watched our centers snap over the quarterback, the ball over Lamar Jackson's <laughs> head all season long will think differently about that. But the truth of matter is you can lose less on the inside than you can lose a tackle if you have the wrong guy playing there and that's why i think it's so important to find tackles who are tackles and i always I've, I've said that finding a guy who's a tackle guard a swing player as opposed to a swing left tackle right tackle is like looking for a starting pitcher and finding a reliever i mean it's, yeah. it's that kind of different yeah and uh you know and, and it's one of the things that um you know, it obviously was not the only downfall of John Elway as a GM for the Broncos. Um, but, you know, if I, I went through and did an analysis of, of teams that used day two and day three, uh, particularly day three. So, you know, fourth round picks, fifth round picks, sixth round picks, seventh round picks on offensive tackles in the hopes of developing them. And it was one of those things that was pretty obvious when you looked at the entirety of the Broncos draft selections under John Elway. They didn't use day three picks on tackles. And 
and you know, as as somebody who was looking at it, you know, at least the past two seasons, the Broncos have had Mike Munchak, Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame guard, as their offensive line coach. Um, and, you know, if there was ever a time to invest in developmental offensive tackles, I mean, this is yeah. a guy that turned, you know, Alejandro Villanueva from an undrafted guy who played tight end ostensibly at Army um, into an all-pro left tackle. Uh, you know, if there was ever a time to go for day three developmental offensive tackles, it's the past two seasons. Right. And yet the Broncos didn't do that at all. Uh, um, let's go. Let's go quickly if we can, because this is a pre-draft sure. show. We got to go through the guys who are in the draft this year who probably do not make the cut. And I'm going to give you my list of the guys who, because of arm length, I had to move out of the out of the position mostly it's because of arm length. But Larry Borum of Missouri at at 33 and an eighth inch arms. Not a bad prospect. Definitely could help you as an interior offensive lineman, but I think he's someone you have to draft later. Agreed. In fact, um, when I looked at, I think this was on Mock Draftable, um, or it might have been, I was trying to remember where I got this list, but uh, this was, I think, that, you know, actually it might have been an NFL.com. I don't know where I, I dragged it from, but this was the top 27 uh, offensive tackles, and he's not even on the list uh, because <laughs> I don't think they were even counting him as a tackle. Right, they would probably uh, put him at guard, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I'll, do, I'll get through my list real quick. And you add any names that you think also fit into this. But Jackson Carmen of Clemson, I think, is certainly moving to the inside. Brady Christensen, there's no doubt about it. They're, they're, mm -hmm. they're probably his, he'll be a center of guard when his listed position is given on draft night. Robert Hainsey, another Golden Domer, uh, you know, very short armed at 32 and an eighth. And I think he's moving to the inside, although he certainly has some ability. It's, it's, it's very likely to move to guard. Um, Robert Jones of Middle Tennessee State, a guy, another guy I think could get very well overvalued in this draft is Jalen Mayfield of Michigan, uh, mm -hmm. almost certainly moving inside. And then William Sherman of Colorado is the last one on my list of guys that I just don't see a future for them at guard. And I didn't even put Liam Eichenberg in this group, but he probably should have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think um, Cosme is another guy. Uh, mm -hmm. Sam Cosme uh, is what, Texas? Um, yeah. 33-inch arms, uh, you know, again, that's that's the same exact arm length as we saw on Slater. Um, so, you know, how can you project uh, Cosme at, at, you know, tackle and, and Slater as, as a tackle-guard combo? Uh, you know, but uh, again, he's another one of those guys that I think he may get drafted as a tackle, but probably his future in the NFL is at guard. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of that comes down to I, I don't think he's got the same technical chops as guys like Slater and Sewell, and for that matter, even Eichenberg. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, with, with the shorter arms, I don't think he's got enough to make up for the arm length. Um, let's see, some of the other guys, and I didn't even put uh, the schools on these. I've got, I'm just looking at the list of guys with 33-inch arms or shorter who were listed as tackles. So I've got Adrian Ely. Um, yeah. Did you mention James Hudson already? I uh, did not, and I just have him lower on my list at 33 inches. He's a fifth, sixth-round pick to me. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, and you know some of these guys are are I don't I I don't even remember where they were ranked I just I sorted them by arm length so you know I have some guys from the you know the top who are down near the bottom because of arm length uh, Brendan James um, he's another one of those smaller guys who you know based upon his size may end up at, at uh, center even mm -hmm. uh, 32 and 5 8 inch arms uh, 6 5 298 um, uh, you know, but speaking of stuff like that, it's actually funny. We talked a little bit about Andrus Pete before the show. Uh, you know, he, he was a tackle at Stanford. Uh, spent his entire career uh, at at guard for the Saints. Uh, he's, uh, I think, he made the Pro Bowl. Um, really elite guard. But it's funny because he's listed at six seven. And at one point, I can remember looking at guys and saying, "Oh yeah, he'll be a guard in the NFL." And they're like, "Oh no, he's too tall." 
<laughs> and uh, and I'm like, wait, what do you mean he's too tall? And they're like, oh, well, Drew Brees is short. He's not going to be able to throw over a guy like, you know, Andrews Pete. I'm like, Drew Brees can throw, you know, he can throw around, beside, through. He'll find a way to get the ball where he wants it to go. Um, but, uh, you know, it's funny that I can I can literally remember having that conversation with somebody about Andrews Pete because the Broncos were interested in drafting him. And they're like, oh, no, no, he, he he's not going to play guard in the NFL. Guards aren't 6'7". Uh, so I think, you know, that's that's one of those things that I guess at least in the past decade, they, we've kind of like, yeah, we don't really care. You know, yeah. you're 6'6", six, six, you're 6'7", six, you can play center, you can play guard, we don't care. The quarterback will find a way to throw around you. And and uh, any any more quarterbacks are 6'4 and up anyways. Uh, so, you know, you, you've kind of got this this prototypical, and, and I did I dropped a little bit on this on Twitter uh, earlier today with quarterback hand size. Uh, and that's another thing where it's like it's like you tackles you've got arm length and if you're below a certain arm length oh, wow you, you're not going to play tackle in the NFL. Um, it's funny I looked at hand size for every quarterback that's been drafted. I, I want to say. Uh, did you have Alex Smith in there because that was a big thing when he? I did. Um, uh, let me. I gotta pull Twitter back up. But I I looked at uh, hand size. And Alex Smith, uh, is, he's, he's actually not too bad. One of the guys that I know that it, they really jumped on for hand size was Jared Goff, mm-hmm. um, because uh, that I I actually looked at you know hand size for guys drafted in the first three rounds this century, um, and uh, and then I I sorted it by guys who have made 25 or more starts, um, and I think there was something on the line, along the lines of um, seven guys on the list. And, you know, I'll probably be able to find it faster. Uh, okay, as, our, as you're, as you're thinking chat. about that, one of the other things about, about um, larger interior linemen that have made them kind of acceptable is the, the re-rise of the mobile quarterback, I think, because you've got a quarterback that can, that can move around in the pocket a little bit and create his own throwing lanes, create extended plays. That's obviously not as big a deal. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe you don't like that guy in the run game as much, or maybe you do. Maybe you really like to have a guy, if he can get low, who, uh, who has that extra length, can initiate first contact in the run game, too. Uh, particularly in level two, can be very valuable. Yeah, yeah. I think I think a lot of the um, the behemoths that we saw, you know, 10, 15 years ago coming out of college, the 340, 350 pound offensive linemen, mm-hmm. uh, really aren't there anymore. And that a lot of that comes to just the fact that the college game is is so much more based upon passing now that you know the big 12 style offense where you're throwing the ball 60 times a you know a game and and the run game is almost an afterthought but you know you don't need these maulers anymore um and what you really need is mobile offensive linemen who can get to the second level um so yeah here's here's the the quarterbacks with hand size that are nine inches or less uh this century or sorry from 2000 up until 2020 uh, or 2020 in terms of the draft. And uh, the guys who have made 25 or more starts, there are seven guys on the list um, with hand size nine or shorter or smaller. Uh, and the uh, the only two that have um, more than 100 starts are Tannehill, mm-hmm. uh, who has uh, nine-inch hands, hmm. and uh, Michael Vick, who actually had eight-and-a-half-inch hands. Wow. Uh, then again, Michael Vick was, what, 5'9"? Um, so, you know, for, for a guy his size, he's his hands are actually not that odd in terms of their size uh, the funny thing See, is i didn't he, know michael vick was that short that, that yeah well I, it in my mind I, I i i remember he was just exceedingly fast like he was a he, he you know it, it, once he got in the open field he was almost impossible to catch um so you know I, I don't think anybody ever made an issue because his arm was strong enough that didn't matter if he had small hands he could still you know zing the ball around um 
But you know, we, doing... we have to tie it up. Okay. Here, yeah, sorry. And I, I no apologize for this. Great content. Love to have you on again. And I love the way you exhaustively did this study. Tell folks again where they can find your work. Um, so I, uh, you know, I post a lot of my stuff to Twitter. Uh, NDJomo76 is my Twitter handle. Um, but, uh, you know, that's little snippets. Uh, full-blown articles are on milehighreport.com. Um, I tend to, I'm kind of given, you know, the, the ability to write on whatever strikes my fancy. So, you know, I'll do a, an article about, you know, can you be an effective offensive tackle in the NFL with shorter arms, which was, you know, the, the article I dropped uh, last week. And, and I may, depending upon who the Broncos draft a quarterback or if we draft a quarterback, um, I may write a piece on, on quarterback and size because, you know, I've done the research and it's, it's easy to throw some pros together and, and uh, tell people what I found. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, if you, if you want to look for my stuff, Maha report and, uh, and Twitter is, is where I tend to put it. And, uh, um, I'm also, you know, I, I've definitely taken, uh, input from, um, people commenting in Maha report in terms of, you know, I'd like to see a study on this. And so I've, I've actually had some really interesting input and, and feedback on, well, why don't you evaluate uh, this particular position this way, or, you know, slice your data that way. And, uh, you know, I, I tend to uh, interact with the people who comment. So if you comment, I'll, I'll you know, if you, if you like it, if you don't, I'll, I'll tend to interact with you. There, there are some writers at Maha Report who kind of drop their articles and then just are hands off because they just don't want to get uh, into the nitty gritty of interacting with the people who are reading. Um, and that's because some of them have gotten burned by people yelling at them for their opinion. Um, and I'm, I'm sure, <laughs> you, you I'm sure the Ravens thick skin, but I'm sure there are Ravens yeah. fans who will do that to you guys too. So you know, yeah. it's uh, you know, I, I usually um, because I tend to take an analytical approach, and you know, here's the data, here's the way, here's my methodology, here's how I, how I analyzed it. Uh, you know, love it or hate it, I'm not going to try and, and polish the turd. The numbers are what they are. Right. Um, and I've gotten a lot of flack for you know saying that that Drew Locke has been a bad NFL quarterback so far. And there are the Drew Locke supporters that are, you know, will, will roast me over it. And I'm like, you know, I'll, I'm looking for anything I can that tells me other than that. But right now it says that he's you won't one get of any the worst starting quarterbacks quarter, in the NFL, if Joe. not the worst. So you, you won't get any trouble from me, Joe. Uh, that's exactly what I like is exhaustive work. Really appreciate you coming on the show and doing that. I want to tell people out there to make sure you, you tune in for our draft coverage. Raven-centric draft coverage. You want to know how every single pick of the first round affected the Baltimore Ravens? That's what we're going to have on Thursday night. We have a panel talking about it in terms of did those teams get value? If they're divisional foes, how does it change the balance of power? And, of course, most importantly, how do runs on certain positions impact the Ravens' ability and who they might draft as we get later to picks 27 and 31 that the Ravens have? Exciting first round coming up. Day two, we'll have a Zoom call. It's a great informal call last year. Uh, we'll have a, a panel, but we'll also have the ability for people individually to ask questions on that Zoom call. We want as much interaction as we can possibly have, and uh, we'll really enjoy that. I think the people who were there for day two last year really appreciate it. We'll post links on Twitter, on the website, on filmstudybaltimore.com uh, as we go. Appreciate you listening again. Joe, really appreciate having you on. Thanks for having me. This was fun. And we'll talk to you next time on Film right. Study. Introducing the Lowe's List for Innovation. While our aisles are filled with innovative products, we've selected our favorites just for you. 
like the exclusive Whirlpool washer with industry-first two-in-one removable agitator. We love this washer because you can customize any load. And with other smart features to streamline your laundry routine, this product is a must-have for families. Shop the full Lowe's list of top picks at Lowe's.com. Lowe's, home to any budget, home to any possibility. U.S. only. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.